This is Emmanuel God with us, the radio ministry of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Twin Falls, Idaho. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to our Lord's house this morning. Merry Christmas. We're, yeah, and Happy New Year too. Yeah, we're still in the season of Christmas. Today is the second Sunday after Christmas, and not every year do we get two Sundays after Christmas. And uh, so today is a bonus that uh, we get a second Sunday after Christmas, and uh, we'll be singing uh, familiar Christmas hymns and songs during our service. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday after Christmas is written in Genesis chapter 46, beginning at verse 1. In this account, we hear how Jacob, Israel, um, takes his family and they go to Egypt to escape the famine and uh, find salvation there. So Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here am I. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. I myself will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you up again. And Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. Then Jacob set out from Beersheba. The sons of Israel carried Jacob their father, their little ones and their wives, in the wagons that Pharaoh had sent to carry him. They also took their livestock and their goods, which they had gained in the land of Canaan. And came to Egypt, Jacob and all his offspring with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters. All his offspring he brought with him into Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle is written in 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning at verse 12. In this passage, St. Peter talks to you and me about the suffering we endure as Christians for the sake of Christ. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or an evildoer, or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to the faithful creator 
while doing good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Here the account of Joseph being warned in a dream to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt and the slaughtering of the holy innocents at the hand of Herod. When the wise men had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Join with me as we confess our Christian faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Our text from Matthew chapter 2. When the wise men had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. These are the words of our text. 
God's grace and his mercy and his peace be multiplied to you now and forever through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior. Amen. Why does King Herod want to kill King Jesus? Well, he sees Jesus as an earthly rival. And it is the nature of earthly kings to conquer their earthly rivals. The sins of greed and jealousy and discord and hatred and selfish ambition beat strong in the hearts of earthly kings and rulers. Herod also sees Jesus as a God-ordained rival to his throne. The prophecies about King Jesus are very clear. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign over David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord God Almighty will accomplish this. It had been foretold in Scripture And Herod wants to kill King Jesus. But there is a stronger evil that beats in King Herod's heart. Jesus is more than an earthly rival, more than a God-ordained rival. Jesus is God himself. Jesus is God dwelling among us. And Herod's sinful heart, by its nature, hates God and must do away with him. Listen to these words of Psalm 2, written by King David. And David predicts kings just like Herod, rulers just like Herod, politicians just like Herod. The kings of the earth set themselves against the Lord and against his anointed, Jesus. King David knew from personal experience that the sinful heart opposes God. In the beginning, God wrote his holy commandments on the hearts of Adam and and Eve. And Adam and Eve were the first rulers in God's creation. They were the first rulers in God's creation to rebel against God. They had dominion over all of God's creatures, over all of God's creation, but at the temptation of Satan, they sought to be like God. They wanted freedom, freedom from God's holy will. And they tried to throw off God's lordship over them. 
And every sinful heart ever since has wanted freedom from their creator king and his commandments. But God's law is still written on man's heart. And God's law curbs man's appetite for sin. It restrains their greed, their jealousy, discord, hatred, and selfish ambition. God's law written on the heart still limits man's sin. And sinners resent God's commandments written upon their hearts. Sinners do not want God telling them what they can and cannot do. Just consider how your own heart bristles at God's commandments. This is the sinful heart that beats in King Herod too. He is a king, and there is no place for a rival King Jesus. Herod is king, and he is above the law. No, no more than that. Herod is the law. And so Herod will search for the baby Jesus to find him and to kill him. And now we come to the very dark part of today's biblical account. The evil inclinations of Herod's sinful heart are on full display for you and me to see. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under. We are stunned by such evil. Who could do such a thing? And yet, history shows you and me on every page that every sinful heart is capable of evil to a lesser, equal, or greater extent than that of King Herod in today's text. Who could do such evil and kill children, the holy innocents under the age of two? Every single sinful heart could. We could. The sinful heart beats in you and me. The law of God, his commandments, are written upon our hearts. And his commandments keep us in check, stop us from acting like Herod, and condemn us when we do act like Herod, because remember, Jesus says, even if you are angry at your brother, you have already killed him in, his, in your heart. And the word of God says, the soul who sins is the one who will die. We cannot escape God's wrath and God's justice. Neither could Herod. And the Bible says, the Lord will judge his people and it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But 
this is not the end of our text this morning. God the Father saves King Jesus from the wicked hand of King Herod. When the wise men had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Herod's wicked plans for Jesus will come to nothing. But God's plan of salvation for every King Herod and for every sinner will triumph. As God rescued his son through the Holy Family's escape into Egypt, in a greater way, God rescues you and me from our sin. He establishes the way of escape for you and me. You escape the judgment and the punishment your sins deserve through the suffering and death of Jesus on the cross. At Calvary, God establishes his son upon his holy hill. Jesus is the king of creation. Nailed to a tree, King Jesus is lifted up so that all nations can see the power and the glory of God. Do you want to see God's glory and his power? There is no greater place to look than the cross of Calvary. There, Jesus is made to be sin for you, so that you now are righteous in God's sight. And it is a joyful thing to fall into the nail-pierced hands of the Son of God. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Just think. God saved his son from the rage of wicked King Herod in order that 30 years later, God would give his son into the weak and washed hands of Pontius Pilate so that King Jesus, crowned with thorns, could willingly offer his life on the cross for you and rise from the dead on the third day in order that your sin be forgiven and you be crowned with the crown of everlasting life. Psalm 2, I quoted it earlier, ends this way. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Blessed are all who take refuge in King Jesus. He is our only refuge. He is our only Savior. He is our only King. Hark! The herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Blessed are you and me this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding 
Keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord, to life everlasting. Amen. Almighty God, we give thanks for all your goodness and bless you for the love that sustains us from day to day. We praise you for the gift of your Son, our Savior, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, for your Holy Church, for the means of grace, for the lives of all faithful and just people, and for the hope of the life to come. Help us to treasure in our hearts all that you have done for us, and enable us to show our thankfulness in lives that are given wholly to your service. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Save and defend your whole church, purchased with the precious blood of Christ. Strengthen your faithful people through the word and the holy sacraments, making them perfect in love and in all good works, and establishing in them the faith once delivered to the saints. Lord, in your mercy. Grant your wisdom and heavenly grace to all pastors and to those who hold office in your church, that by their devoted service faith may abound and your kingdom increase. Lord, in your mercy. In your mercy, strengthen newly established congregations and support them in challenging times. Lord, in your mercy. Preserve our nation in justice and honor, that we may lead a peaceable life with integrity. Grant health and favor and wisdom to all who bear office in our land, especially the President and Congress of the United States, the Governor and Legislature of this state, and to all those who make and administer and judge our laws. Help them to serve this people according to your holy will, Lord, in your mercy. Take from us all hatred and prejudice. Give us the spirit of love and order our days in your peace. Prosper the labors of those who work to bring peace and justice to the nations, that mutual understanding and common endeavor may be increased among all people, Lord, in your mercy. Bless the schools of the church and all colleges, universities, and centers of research, and those who teach and work in them, Lord, in your mercy. Sanctify our homes with your presence and bless them with joy. Keep our children in the covenant of their baptism and enable their parents to bring them up in lives of faith and devotion. Unite the members of all families in a spirit of affection and service that they may show your praise in our land and in all of the world, Lord, in your mercy. Let your blessing remain upon seed time and harvest, the commerce and industry, the leisure and rest, the arts and culture of our people, Lord, in your mercy. By your word and Holy Spirit, comfort all those who are in sorrow or need, sickness or adversity. Be with those who suffer persecution for the faith. Have mercy on those to whom death draws near. Bring consolation to those in sorrow and grant to all a measure of your love, taking them into your tender care, Lord, in your mercy. We remember with thanksgiving those who have loved and served you in your church on earth and who now rest from their labors. Keep us in fellowship with all your saints and bring us at last to the joys of your heavenly kingdom, Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and who now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, who taught us to pray. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Let us pray. O God the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake, You have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel God with us, the radio ministry of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Twin Falls, Idaho. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.